So instead of trying to find 10,000 people to go buy my product, I would rather start a service business that I knew that I could find 10 to 50 people to buy from me on a recurring basis and then just cash flow the thing. Welcome to the Boss Club Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you grow your business faster, more profitably, and with fewer mistakes. And now your hosts, David Grubbs and Charlie Gassmeyer. Today, we want to cover a question that we get asked all the time. When we're talking to classrooms across the country, whether it's a middle school or high school, they always ask us, if we were back in school again, what kind of business would we start? And I think Charlie and I have different kind of leanings or tendencies here and some different preferences that we have. And so we're each going to kind of dive into what we would do if we're in middle school and high school again and kind of compare and contrast uh, what those look like. But first, I want to mention that in episode four, we talk about our checklist or process that we go through anytime we consider a new business idea. So if you haven't heard episode four, I encourage you to go check it out. But in quick summary, we cover some basic things that we always look for when we're considering a new business idea. The first one is margin. So how much money can the the, the business make on a given sale? Business model, or basically how do you charge the customer? Competition. So what else is out there and, and who's offering services or products that are similar to what you're doing? Complexity. So the complexity of the product or service itself, the more complex it is, uh, typically the more things can go wrong with the business. So it increases your risk a little bit. Customers. So do you know customers right off the bat that would be interested in pr- purchasing your product or service? Or do you have a way to get in front of customers even if you don't know them? And then finally, time and money required to launch. And so depending on the product or service, you may have to invest a lot more money to get it off the ground or spend a lot more time building it before you're ever ready to make your first sale. And so we always look at these different aspects when we're considering what business we want to start next. So Charlie, why don't you lead us off here? What kind of businesses would you start if you were back in middle school or high school? So the business ideas that I've got, I don't think are magical on their own because of the business idea themselves. I I think they're good business ideas because they check all the boxes of the checklist that you just said. I think that's what makes them unique. So go back and listen to episode number four, and I think that will be a really helpful framework for you. So um, the the two business ideas that that I would have started if I could go back a couple decades, um, the thing that they have in common is this. I really learned in my first businesses and, and, and still today how difficult it is to go find lots of people to buy your product. It's pretty easy to find 10, maybe upwards of 100 people. But then once you start really branching out to to new types of people that don't yet know you, it gets a lot harder. Certainly not impossible. We teach a lot in our courses about how to go do that. But but make no mistake, it gets harder when you start to move outside of friends and family. So instead of trying to find 10,000 people to go buy my product, I would rather start a service business that I knew that I could find 10 to 50 people to buy from me on a recurring basis and then just cash flow the thing. Just really you know, be excited about finding ways to get $100 a month or so from each one of those people and scale it up and, and, and be really happy. So the, the two ideas are this. The first one, involves taking people's garbage bins to the curb so that they don't miss trash pickup day. Now that might sound very simple to you, but let me let me explain to you and as a new dad this problem has like 
totally compounded in my household that if we forget to move the trash bins out to where, where the garbage men are going to pick it up and we have to wait an entire week to, to, to hit the next pickup, it's like apocalyptic in our house because you all of a sudden you have all this, you got diapers and you got trash, you got all this stuff from a baby that you just, you can't afford to miss a week. And if you miss it, like it's no one's fault but mine. So I would totally pay someone in my neighborhood to just put that on autopilot every Wednesday night or Thursday morning. That trash is on the curb and you're never going to miss it. I would totally outsource that so that that pain point is removed from my life. And so I would love to go, you know, canvas the neighborhood and find 50 people that that will let me do that. And then just every Wednesday night, I'd make my round of 50 houses or I could hire my buddies to help me. But you get it on on repeat or recurring business. And then you can upsell them on different things like like we paid someone to, to power wash and clean out our garbage bin so that they don't stink. It sounds kind of funny. Like, why would you why would you pay to clean your garbage bin? But when you start, you know, getting a bunch of baby diapers, you'll understand why you need to power wash the thing. So there's other ways that, you know, you could get people in it, you know, $5 a week or whatever to alleviate this problem. But then you can figure out all these other all these other services that you can upsell them on. I think that'd be a pretty lucrative deal. And it's certainly a pain point in my life. David, as we're talking about it, you don't have the same pain point because of, of how your trash is picked up and stuff. So you're like, I don't get it, Charlie. But to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, my wife would would so fat, so quickly pay for this service. So I would find that and try to get 50 people on repeat uh, to, to uh, pay me money. And the, the second uh, idea is pretty similar, but in terms of like the recurring nature of it, but totally different. And that would be uh, Christmas lights um, and, and putting Christmas lights up for people. And the beauty of this is that you do it once and then you, you basically, uh, they can store the lights for them uh, or at their house. And all they got to do is text you at the beginning of the season and you come over, they leave the lights out for you, you get to put them up and you leave. And then, you know, sometime after the holiday season's over, you come back and reverse the process. You could hire your buddies to help you. And I mean, I think it'd be very, very easy to through word of mouth to go get, you know, 30, 40, 50 houses that are all paying you 500 bucks or something. And all of a sudden, before you know it, you've got a $20,000, very high margin business that you get to do in your spare time in the holiday seasons. Um, I think that would be awesome, particularly as a young person. You wouldn't need that much scale for that to be, I think, pretty darn lucrative. But again, I think the the sweetness of these ideas to me is the recurring nature of it, the, the high margin nature of it. So I don't know, David, any kind of questions or pushback you'd have on those? I know we kind of see these a little bit differently, so I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts. Well, something I definitely see eye to eye with you on is is a Christmas light thing. Uh, my my wife loves those, and um, as a new father as well, I would love for my son to be able to experience that. But I'm also exhausted <laughs> from being a new father, and so I would anyone that offered that service to me, I would buy it in a heartbeat. So I love that idea. The only downside to it is it is seasonal, but that can be also a good thing if you're in school and you only want to work part time uh, or part of the year. Then hey, that's that's an awesome gig. So. If if you start that in my area, you can take my money. I will hire you in a heartbeat for that. Um, on the trash uh, takeout service, I really like it. In our neighborhood, they pick up trash every day. So I, I haven't had that problem, but a lot of neighborhoods do. So um, definitely something worthwhile. I think the only thing drawback to that one is just lower margin because you can't charge so much for that service. So you're going to have to go find a bunch of customers. But the nice thing about it is once you do, it's just reoccurring. It's kind of on autopilot. And so if you're looking for you know, a few hundred dollars a, a week and, and cash, then I think that's a really good way to go about doing it. Yeah. I mean, you would definitely have to find other ways to scale it. Like if you're charging 
a few dollars per week or something small that's small enough for someone to actually pay you, um, there's not going to be very much margin, especially once all your time is baked in or you want to pay someone else to do it and then then take the residual. There's not. So I, I think the entry point would be, hey, pay me $5 a week or $2 a week or whatever it would amount to to solve this problem. And then once you've got them in their pipeline and you're, you're, you're always consistent about it, then we start upselling on some other stuff. So um, you're, you're right. The low margin just in that business itself. So you'd have to come up with some other things, but I think that low price point would just be the entry point to kind of get them in the pipeline, so to speak. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good idea. Yeah. So what, what are yours? I'm interested. Yeah. So over the last couple of decades, I've started almost two dozen companies. And so at this point, I, I think, um, what I'm looking for are high margin businesses that are reoccurring. So just like you, you're, you're getting a set of customers that are, are using your service on a regular basis. The other piece of that is I would go after services. For me, managing inventory and making my own product is is just an added headache and complexity that in middle school or high school I just don't want to deal with. And so um, I wouldn't be, you know, making a physical product. I wouldn't be building out anything with software. Um, and you know, the simpler the better in my mind. Um, with that said, I am looking for something high margin. And so there's a couple of unique pain points that I have that I would love for someone to solve. And so the first thing is, or the first idea I had is that you typically find, you know, equitation or equine sports in just about every place in the country, whether you're in the city or you're in a rural area, there's usually some sort of barn around, uh, whether you're in a high end jumping facility in the city or you're in rural areas there's typically horses and horses are very expensive. And on top of that, their care is very expensive. And so their owners typically are willing to spend uh, a fair amount of money to find help taking care of their horses. And so whether that is some sort of um, typical feeding or a turnout or riding or a training, there's a bunch of different services associated with taking care of your horse. And if you can find some clients where you can manage 10 horses or 15 or 20 horses a month, you are going to be in such good shape because um, I can tell you because our family owns 15 horses that that is not a cheap endeavor. And so um, you could probably make several hundred dollars per month per person with that uh, as long as you have just a little bit of experience. Um, and if you don't, you could probably get trained up pretty quickly handling a lot of those things, mucking stalls, feeding horses, letting them out to go run and, uh, and things like that. So equine care or babysitting is something that I would really look after along the same kind of lines is aquarium cleaning. So we've used this example on a couple of our podcasts as well as in our curriculum. And I love this example too, because aquariums are also expensive. And if you've got a saltwater aquarium, those fish can be extremely expensive too. And so taking care of the aquarium is just a par for course. If you're going to go spend thousands and thousands of dollars putting an aquarium and literally thousands of dollars on fish, you don't want those things to die. And so paying a few hundred bucks a month to have someone come take care of the tank and take care of the fish is easy. And so these are kind of reoccurring business models where you've got the same customer you're dealing with on a weekly or monthly basis that are willing to pay quite a bit of cash for you to come help them. And I just think those types of services are pretty cool. Um, and uh, they're a little bit unique. So a lot of people start lawn care businesses. A lot of people do babysitting. But, you know, taking care of horses and taking care of fish is, is a little more unique. And there's probably going to be a little less competition there from, you know, peers. So anyway, those are the two I would pick. Any any thoughts or pushback or challenges or questions you have, Charlie? 
Yeah, I think two thoughts that come to mind that I don't I don't think are necessarily downsides for your businesses, but they would be for me. Only that uh, one would be I, I do think you'd have to have some level of background or experience, you know, handling horses or handling fish, high-end fish particularly, to be able to sell yourself to someone doing that. Like, I don't know enough about horses to talk someone into to letting me take care of their horse. But if that was your upbringing and you did it, then you would be perfect for it. Like, I know my parents have horses too, and um, they have someone that, that takes care of them when, when they're not there. But yeah, if they had a high schooler down the street that they knew horses and they were really good with horses and they could come do that, I, I, that would be a great fit. So uh, you definitely have to be qualified for it, but uh, but that would be really good. And then um, the other thing, but again, doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad idea, I think would just be, well, you'd probably have to know people with horses or know people with aquariums. Like I think because it is specialized, it would take a little bit more effort, certainly not impossible, but it would take a little bit more effort to go find clients when they don't know you and you're handling something very precious to them. Whereas like garbage bins, they're not going to care who takes out the trash because it's trash, right? But with their high-end fish or their their horse that's their baby, um, you know, there's going to be kind of that trust factor if you're trying to go find your clients. But if you already know a bunch of people that have horses and they need help, or you know a bunch of people that have aquariums and they need people to clean it, then great. So I think it's just kind of specific to your situation if you've kind of got the network to to uh, immediately start finding customers. Yeah, I think that's great feedback. And and I do think that uh, you have to be passionate about these ideas. Otherwise, um, you know, probably not a good fit. So um, they're just areas that have been in my life. Um, I will say, I thinking through based on what you said, I think it's probably fairly easy to find customers with horses. There's associations, competitions, there's a lot of lists that you can find with that. But fish, and aquarium cleaning, yeah, that might be a toughie. So I think that's a good point there. You just have to drive by people's houses at night and see which ones have like the aquatic, you know, shadow or whatever, like reflection <laughs> in their in their yeah. window. Uh, you can say, oh, they have an aquarium. It's a lot harder to spot than uh, people with horse stalls in their backyard. Yeah, definitely. Well, and one other piece of feedback that I'd have to your business ideas, but also just to our, our listeners in general, um, is that, and David, I know you'd agree with this, is, is the encouragement to try to pick something that you have a high degree of confidence that you can be successful doing. And okay, what do I mean by successful? I really mean from a financial perspective, like let's pick something that you think you can get some traction going with. It doesn't have to be something you spend the rest of your life doing, but I think there's a lot of value in in seeing you know transactions happen and in, in seeing revenue in the business and learning what to do with it. I think if you can pick something that that, that you're going to have a high chance of, of success with over another idea, I would pick the one that, that you're confident you can go, you know, sell a thousand dollars worth or something like that. I think you're going to learn more. I think you're going to fall more in love with entrepreneurship because you're going to see how all of it fits together. It's going to just really propel you towards success much, much faster if you pick a business idea in that direction. So um, I hope that this is helpful. Feel free to to rip off our ideas. If you want to start any one of these, definitely do it. Um, but the other thing I'd mention here is that we have a, a series on this podcast called How We Do It, where we talk about not only just, hey, we would think about starting this idea or that idea, but would actually we actually go through all of it and say, okay, steps A through Z to launch it. And we do it in you know rapid fire 25 minutes. Here's exactly how we'd launch it. Here's how we'd market it. Here's how we'd find customers. Here's how we'd scale it. I uh, definitely encourage you to listen to those to where we actually talk about how we would do it. And you have the opportunity to submit your own ideas. Could be the one you're working on now or the one you're thinking about doing. Uh, you can always email us at podcast at bossclub.com. Email us your questions, your business ideas that you want to hear us rip apart or, or talk about how we would go do it ourselves. All of that is fair game and we would love to hear from you. So podcast at bossclub.com and we look forward to hearing from you and also seeing you in next week's episode. So thanks for listening and we'll see you then. 